Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Before we get started on today's episode, we just wanted to let you know how you could work with Made by Mamas as a partner. If you listen to the podcast regularly, you'll hear that we love working with brands that we're really passionate about. And that could be talking about a brand's fantastic products on the podcast to someone listening right now like you, giving a shout out on socials or even hosting an event for you. If you're listening and you'd like to hear a bit more about how we partner with brands and how we could potentially work together, we would love to chat. Send us an email to mbm at insanity hq.com that email address is also in the podcast description too we can't wait to hear from you now let's get started on today's podcast hello and welcome to made by mamas the podcast i'm zoe and i'm georgia and we're here talking all things parenthood you know the real conversations tips and tricks products we love and brands we can't live without let's get into it are you going to talk first? <laughs> I was just going to say, good morning. Good morning. How are you, George? I'm all right. I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm better than I was last week. I had a bit of a shocker, which I obviously, you know about, George, but I, I kind of I wanted do. to share with everyone listening this morning that my mum has had a breast cancer diagnosis um, and it's just been, oh, I feel really emotional, actually. It's just been such oh. a big 10 days. I can't tell you. So yeah. driving back from work, yeah, 10 days ago, get the phone call from mum saying that she's found a mass, that she was waiting for her um, her appointment with the oncologist, which was going to be on the Monday. And it's just so weird because we've obviously just done this massive podcast with, you know, two amazing women talking about breast cancer. And then literally a week later, you know, my mum's yeah. got it. So anyway, long and sh- long and short of it is... I've just, I feel like I was thrown into deep shock because yeah. it's never... Well, it's shocking. It's shocking, yeah. isn't it? Because you always hear, mm. you know, we know that such a high number of people it's are like going to... one in two, one in two or something. Mm. But you don't really think that your mum's going to call you and tell you that she's got breast cancer. So anyway, I felt like I just went into a bit of a spiral and didn't really cope with life very well. But the good news is that it is stage two, which means that it's, it's you know, they've caught it early and we found out on Saturday that it hasn't gone into the lymph nodes. So it looks like it's going to be a straightforward operation. She might even just have either radiotherapy or get away with taking a pill rather than having to have chemo. Um, so I'll, I'll give you guys an update because you guys are so sweet and always involved. And I'm sure that some people listening are also going through this with their parents or maybe themselves. So yeah, anyway. That's why I'm not on the podcast today. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Because yeah. obviously last week, it's difficult when you've got to show up yeah. for a podcast and show yeah. up and be happy and, you know, all that when you've got stuff going on in your life. Yeah. That's why we always say it's so nice that there are two of us because when that does happen, it, it means that, you know, I can pick up or you can pick up for me. And yeah. um, it, yes, and, and obviously that's why Zoe is not um, on this recording, but we yeah. have caught up. And, you know, she's listened to the chat and it was a really amazing one. Well, uh, Georgia, hats off to you because Georgia is just the most brilliant interviewer now. Like, I mean, not that that you ever weren't amazing, (laughs) but genuinely, I mean, she doesn't need me. Um, I don't, oh my gosh, don't be silly. You did such a beautiful job and it was a really, I've listened to the chat, it was a really, really honest conversation. I mean, wow, she really went there. Yeah, and I think so often, you know, we'll have, people on and you know we talk about lots you know lots of stuff to do with parenting and you know we're all open and honest but sometimes you have a chat and you think 
you step away from it and you think, gosh, that's really brave to talk that openly about so many things that are going on in your life. And also it's very easy, isn't it, to be, you know, to talk on reflection when something's happened and you've come out the other mm. side. But when you're still very much living through something, um, yeah, I, I mean, I just really, I can't thank our guest enough for just coming on and just saying it how it is. And I think that's actually the, the sort of was the theme of the, of the interview that she feels like she's shied away from being herself and listening to herself yeah. for too long. And now she just thinks, no, you know what? I'm just going to be me and I'm going to do what feels right to me. And I think so many of us can relate to it, especially when we become parents. Yeah. There's so many voices around us, family, friends, telling us what to do, reading books. There are so many opinions that it can be really difficult to think, hang on a minute, what do I actually think? Yeah, what like, do you? You know, what's my opinion on something that? yeah yeah exactly um so yeah that was the overall theme of the conversation i would say just to highlight amy came on and she was really poorly in the morning but she was so keen to have the conversation so at the beginning of the chat her voice is a little bit croaky um but do stick with it because it does pick up after she has a nice hot drink like like george said you know she she came on and she just said it how it was that was what i took away from it that actually being brave and being being honest being real um kind of putting yourself first uh, and and kind of thinking about what you really want in life wow what a lesson that is so i think we need to just get on with it because it was a beautiful conversation georgia who are we talking oh sorry georgia who are you talking to today today i am talking to amy williton Welcome to the podcast, Amy. We are so happy to have you on. How are you? I've been better, Georgia. I've lost my voice, which is a lovely thing to happen during a podcast recording, but we are powering through. Powering through. And I guess I want to just take you back to, um, you know, when you when you found out you were going to become a parent and how that sort of came about and how you felt. Um so let's go back. And was it something that you'd planned? Was it a surprise? So it was a bit of a surprise. We, Yeah, I found out I was pregnant just over a month after we got engaged. So it was very much a, you know, put a ring on it and then make a baby. But we didn't. We were more just having fun. Yeah. Celebrating <laughs> getting engaged. But I, I think internally, I started to get that twang of wanting a baby. Oh, gosh, round 24 yeah. I really started. I don't know. It was like something, something clicked in me. And I, I don't know if you ever had that, but like just suddenly my whole body was like, I need to produce offspring. I don't know why it just, and I couldn't even control it. Yeah. I know. Do you know what? I, to I totally get that. I'd actually always, do you know what? I'd never been one of those people who had said, oh, you know, I want to be a mom. I want to, you know, I want to have a big family. And then, um, I, I mean, I've been with my um, husband for a long time and we got married when we were 24. And I think when we got married, my, I guess something, it's like almost I wanted to nest and yeah. create like a family. And there was a time when I thought I could have been pregnant. We hadn't been trying, but, you know, as you say, just having fun, celebrating being married. Um, and I, I I thought I was pregnant for maybe a day. And and then when I wasn't, I felt disappointed. Oh. And then I suddenly thought, oh gosh, this is it. This is the, you know, this is the thing. I think now we haven't had a conversation about it. We'd never discussed it. But then I thought, okay, yeah, like this, this is it. This is me now wanting to become a parent. Um, and I guess, were you both like, were you both on the same page? I, I knew I wanted to have one, but I almost was trying to curb those feelings I almost right. felt like I shouldn't have those feelings because we were young and and I and I almost started to get those feelings probably prem I don't want to say prematurely because you can't help when you start that way no and I think there is actually such a stigma around wanting to have children yeah yo like young or having those feet like those maternal feelings when you are you know in your late teens or early 20s or whatever there is definitely something weird about saying that out loud and I think it's because not everybody feels that way do you also think it's a generational thing though because I just think like we are probably the first generation that are told don't have children till you're in your 30s yeah I don't think ever in history have we ever been told that 
No, no. For some reason, if a woman is 23, 24 months to have kids, she's weird. Yeah, she's, yeah. And, and, she, and she's, um, you know, she's got her whole life ahead of her and she's, you know, she's wasting her life. It is really, it is really strange. And, you know, we're all so different and we celebrate all of our differences. And yet that one thing just seems to be like, you know, you're odd if you, if you want to have children young. Especially in men. I think it's the men that almost like, and that's not an attacking thing on men. I think it's more just men almost when they meet the girl they want to be with, they almost do feel like they have 10 years. Yeah. It's kind of like, oh, well, we'll date for five. Maybe yeah. we'll get engaged. Oh, and then we'll be engaged for two years and then we'll get married. And that is something we're brought up that's perfectly normal. Mm. And then it's like a woman's body clock is saying the opposite because... Because there is, yeah, there you don't have the time always. We're walking on two different paths here. <laughs> a lot of people are feeling quite alone in in when they start to feel as a as a primal instinct that they want to have children yeah I know exactly what you mean and so what were they that's got like I guess the kind of feelings that you were having with your you know them fiance that he thought he had 10 years and and you thought no actually I want I want this now yeah I mean I actually there was a period like we'd been together about four years and I saw really was feeling quite deeply that I wanted more. And, and the reason I wanted more is because I felt good in the relationship and I felt like, oh, this is something that I would I want for my life, you know. I feel like when I aired that, it was very much, that's not what we do. This isn't, it's not what I want. And, and I actually broke up with him. Oh, wow. Yeah, I actually had a period of where I broke up with him because I said, you know what, maybe I need to find somebody that does want that because... Actually, I, I kind of came to the conclusion because this wasn't over a short period. This was over about two years of me saying, I think I want more. I think I want more. Mm. Not even I think. I was like, I know I want more. Yeah. And then you almost start to think, well, at what point do I say that my that I kind of keep putting to my feelings to one side? How long do I do that before I'm actually just being cruel to myself? Mm. If you're not aligned with somebody, what do you really truly have intimacy with them? If you yeah. don't, if they can't, or at least I have some understanding of why you want that. And it's, 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 it's so difficult. It's so difficult because how often do we find two people that want the exact same thing at the exact same time? Yeah. And, and like you say, there, there are so many elements to a partnership as in like, can you have intimacy if you don't want the same thing? I'm sure, you know, you can love somebody and you can really get on and you can have a relationship, but can you have that absolute, like, you know, sort of beautiful, intimate relationship if you're not on the same page? Probably not. And, you know, there's always going to be, I guess, differences in opinion. So you you mentioned, you, you you know, you weren't on the same page. So how were those, you know, you found out you're pregnant and then you, you're starting to sort of piece together how, how it's going to work and what your life's going to be like. How were those first like few months? Because I know it wasn't a straightforward few months at the beginning. To be fair, like, when I did tell him, he was he was really lovely and he was supportive. It was more later it came out that he wasn't ready, if you know what I mean. He more, for me, supported me at that time. Um, we had a difficult time during the pregnancy, only 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 at one stage in it, about halfway. I, I loved being pregnant. I I really I I found that whole experience just fascinating and and I loved it. But I had a bit of I guess trauma in my family where we we have. Uh, a bit of a history of, of of people having disabilities in my family. Mm. So I have a disabled brother and I have cousins who are disabled and and that would that was kind of on my mind and I just felt like I feel like I have the ability to do tests to find out if there's anything and and actually the woman I am now probably would have just been like, no, like don't even put it in your head. But the woman I was then was a bit of a worrier and I felt like I had to know. And actually what came out in those tests is that we were told that our daughter had this, this um, rare chromosomal disorder um, that would mean that she wouldn't live past infancy. And this is what I was told when I was five months pregnant. And I was so, I was so um, distraught by that that I, you know, I really was going in my head thinking, okay, where, what, what do I, what do I do here? Because mm. now that I've been given this information, I've now got this impossible choice because I've grown up with a disabled person. I know the realities of it. It's not easy. 
Mm. You can paint it saying it's all going to be fine. It's really not easy. It's it's a life commitment to caring for somebody, mm. you know, and that has a lot of responsibilities. Of course, it's the same with with being a parent. But it, it's it's I think it's yeah, very it's anybody who's experienced that will know it's 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 not the same. Yeah. It's very different. It's mm. it's you take being a parent and you intensify it by a hundred. You know, it's it's and I actually. Like it was not easy to 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 book a termination because it was you had to wait a long time. So I remember I had to book it in just in case that's what I decided. So I had that date, and I even had them to tell me how it was going to work and everything like that. And and I felt so guilty, but I was really determined. And it was weird. There was something inside of me that felt like there's something not right here. Mm. This doesn't make sense to me. So, did you consider having a termination? Was it something that you know you 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 considered? So, my human brain, logically thinking, haven't experienced the difficulties of living with a disabled person. Yeah, lost my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my heart felt that that wasn't not. I didn't think it was something I could go through. Yeah. And being like being completely honest and, and I and I can't believe that I'm about to share this, but I, I feel it's important because I think there's a lot of girls that go through the same thing. What set me off wanting to become a mother was that when I was and the reason I brought up LA earlier by accident was because mm. that was where my motherhood journey really started was when I was living in LA and Dan was living in the UK. And basically, I accidentally fell pregnant many years before. Yeah. That I'd never even thought about. Parenthood seemed so far away for me. I was TV presenting on a music channel, living in LA, loving my life, driving my little convertible Mini Cooper along (laughs) the Pacific Coast Highway. No worries in the world. I was doing long distance with a man I adored, but I certainly was not thinking about becoming a mother. Then I got pregnant mm. and I found out very early, but it was like in a thunderbolt. I was this, I suddenly was a mum. Mm. And even in those early, early, early stages, and I didn't know what to do. And I remember calling Dan and saying like, and he said to me, well, you, you can't keep it. And I was thinking, but everything in my body is like, this feels right, even though mm. everything in my outside world is like, no, this is wrong. Yeah. And I remember, and this, and I do not blame him, and I'd like to make this clear, I do not blame him, but I remember feeling out of guilt because I hadn't planned it and I felt irresponsible that this yeah. had happened in an environment where I hadn't planned it. Mm. I felt like that that having a termination was something I had to, I had to go through, that I didn't have a choice. Yeah. And I don't blame anybody else for that. I had internalized those feelings in the inv- in in just the world around me. Yeah, that that's something that I ended up doing, and it it really killed a part of me. Did it? Yeah. And I think for the next few years, that's when I was like, no, actually, I want to change my life. I want to settle down. I want to have kids because those few weeks where I was pregnant it felt so right to me yeah it's that's it it is interesting and I think it's definitely you know something that so many people go through I've experienced it um and you know I know you know lots of friends and stuff who have and it's definitely something that people don't talk about they definitely don't talk about it you know there lots of people have different views on it and that's absolutely fine I mean for me it just it like you wasn't the right time um I mean I actually ended up having children with this person like as you you know as as you did but um my life would be very different if I had have done that and and whether that's selfish or not I'm not sure and for me it was definitely the right decision and I and I know that and that there's almost a taboo around that because I don't feel guilty. I actually don't feel guilty. I think I feel quite detached from it, as in I know it was the right decision. It definitely wasn't the right time. I actually don't feel guilty. Like, I don't feel guilty about it. I'm I, I'm comfortable with it. But then when I then I, when I thought I was pregnant and then I felt disappointed when I wasn't, that is when the moment clicked for me. Um, that, right, okay, no, this is, I'm a different person now. Like, yeah. I am, you know, I'm a, I'm a mother, even though yeah. you know, I'm not. Yeah, exactly. There is that feeling. There is a moment as a woman where that does kick in though, right? Like, yeah, I think so. You can control it. And that for me was when I accidentally felt pregnant for the mm. first time. And I, 
and and it, it and I you know it, it I don't know the whole circumstance of obviously everything you or many other women have been through but I know certainly for me I didn't feel like I made the choice for me yeah you know and I think that's why I hung on to it because I remember feeling like wow I I was so quick to feel like I'm in the wrong circumstances of course I can't do it that actually I ignored the way I felt yeah yeah I ignored the way I felt yeah. And, and, and then after that, for the next two years, I'm there telling somebody, I want more, you know, because, and I almost feel like I'm deserving of more because I've made that decision for other people. Yeah. And actually I was in control, but I didn't realize I was in control because I hadn't really learned to take personal responsibility at that stage. Because yeah. I was only, what, 23? Yeah. No, and I just didn't, I didn't know. Yeah, you didn't know you actually had that choice and it was yeah. actually your your choice. Yeah, so two years of sort of asking for more, eventually realising he, he's not wanting more. Mm-hmm. So I broke up with him. I was sad because I wanted to be with him, but then I was like mourning kind of the relationship that I had in my head. But obviously at the end of the day, you can't force somebody to want more than they want to give. Want, it's not. Yeah. It's not fair. But then actually we did get back together and he did propose and and then I just completely lost myself in a love bubble and end up pregnant. So so you so you mentioned that you'd been told that it was likely that your daughter wouldn't survive past infancy and that you did consider maybe, you know, maybe a termination, but your heart was telling you not to. So how how did it come about that actually she didn't have you know any 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 issues um sheer willpower on my part I I just there was some part of me that was like I just don't think this test is correct and a lot of people said that I had false hope because this test is very advanced and I and I just said I just I need to do further tests I just there's something not right here because I also think on some level maybe across my whole life that maybe I had manifested that situation because why was I profusely insisting on having all these tests like oh I've got all these disabled people of course you know I have yeah, to have you don't, yeah because is it the harmony test is it the harmony test no I paid for like the full whammy of whatever you can test yeah yeah because quite often I think if you do it on the NHS you don't have that test until no. you're a certain age maybe is it or they don't really I don't know. I, 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 I know people who've had it done, but it was never something that was really mentioned to me. But no. I know lots of people who have, you know, who have done it, but I don't know what they're like. Yeah, they only offer um, a, a test for Down syndrome from memory. Right, okay. I don't know exactly what they what the full scale thing is, but I know I saw You out. went for, yeah. I went and had it. I remember them calling me saying, oh, everything's fine. There's just one last test we're waiting for. And I hadn't, I was five months pregnant. I still hadn't told my mum and dad or anyone or his mum and dad. No one knew. You were five months pregnant. I hadn't told anyone. Wow. And, and so it was mad because once I was told, oh, nine out of 10 tests are fine. I told everyone. I told my mum and dad. I hadn't publicly announced it, but I told everyone. And then the day after, the day after I told my mum and dad and everyone, I then get a call saying that last test has come through and there's something wrong. You, and we were in, living in Spain and the doctor said to me, you need to fly back to London today or tomorrow because there's a problem with your tests. And I, my heart was like, you're kidding. You know, I've just told all my family thinking it will be all clear. And then there's one test that's come back with something that's deserving of us to fly back there that same day. Oh my gosh. And then when I get there and then they, they tell me, and it's mad because my brother... He's got this one in 50 million chromosomal disorder that's so rare that nobody else in the world has it. And then Mm. you're telling me my daughter also has a one in 50 million random occurrence of a same, not not the same, but similar chromosomal disorder. My head just was like, no, it's just how on earth can that happen? To the same family, yeah. Or at least is there something here we don't understand yet? Mm. So anyway, once they told me, I went into utter despair. As I said, I had to brook in this termination, which I really didn't want to do. But then I also you know, really went through in my head and thought, well, can I cope with losing a child? Mm. Can I cope with a termination? Possibly, but can I cope with losing a child? I don't know if I can. Mm. So that's why I had to take those precautions. So I went 
profusely online trying to find a really good geneticist who was specialized in this condition. I was, I felt like even though I'd gone private and paid for these other tests, no one could really tell me anything. Yeah. I felt like they were delivering these results, but really they were just kind of like, we recommend that, you know, you probably terminate the pregnancy. And and that's kind of what they would say based, you know, and, and I'm, but it's, it's weird because of what I'd been through before where I'd gone completely in my head and just thought about what everyone around me was telling me and I hadn't listened to myself. That experience allowed me in this circumstance to go, no, I'm not going to do that again. I'm going to yeah. listen to me. And what, what is me saying? What's my heart saying? And it was telling me, you need to know more. You cannot take action until you know 100%. You feel it in your body that this is the right decision. And I didn't. Mm. So I found this wonderful geneticist based in Newcastle and he was the first person that talked to me like a like a mum like a human being and had compassion and actually was like let's get to the bottom of this there are other tests you can do now that you've you've encircled what it is potentially like let's go with that and let's do other tests and let me submit your your results to other lab mm. laboratories and you know it was expensive and and it's and it was and it was not that's not something anybody recommended to me that was just me yeah very very determined that I needed to know more and I remember it was it took like two weeks another two weeks to get these further test results and all in the meantime this termination date is coming closer and closer and closer because I was obviously five and a half months pregnant yeah so the cutoff is yeah so I was there thinking I'm getting closer and closer to this day and 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 it was really scaring me and then the I was in Spain I had a flight home the next day where my termination was booked and the night before I got a call from my lovely geneticist saying tests are in she doesn't have it <gasps> did you know did you know already or was it was it a complete I wouldn't say I knew but I knew there was a part of me that would not accept the news to to take action do you know what I mean there was just part of me that I was just like no I, I can't move forward because I don't believe in this I believe that maybe I've I, I, I've I think I've created this scenario do you know what I mean? It's like, because it just seemed too impossible. It just yeah. seemed too impossible. And I have a wild imagination and the things that appear in my life are wild. And I, I it's when I really, as I, if I got older, really believed in the power of manifestation because sometimes I'm like, whoa, there's just no way that would happen. Yeah. Yeah. When he told me he, and I said, well, can I rely on this? And he was like, Amy, he said, I've done three more tests. He said, all of them are saying, no, it's only your original test that's saying yes. He said, he said, I'm not going to say it's impossible, but he said, if it was me, I would be relying on this. Cause he said, we've gone, we've gone, we've gone more detailed into what it is. And they're not, they're coming up negative. They're not saying she's got it. So I think you should feel really confident. And I was just, I can't even, I have pictures of me where I woke up at sunrise the next morning and I and I just was just dancing with happiness because I just after this month of just hell and it was only my gut that was saying no. Everyone, every everyone else, doctors, everyone's telling me, don't, you know, this is impossible, don't continue the pregnancy. It was literally only me, slaved all night on the internet, finding somebody that I felt could help me. We'll be right back after this short break. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. 
Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Now, where were we? I actually think it's really important because I think... Until you're in a situation um, where you're told that there could possibly be a problem with your baby, it's very easy to say, you know, I wouldn't consider, I would react this way or, oh, no, I would never terminate or, oh, no, I definitely would terminate. It's very difficult to know how you will feel in those situations. I haven't ever, you know, been through that, but I I don't know how I would be. I've got no idea. And I think... Yeah, I, I think it's incredible that, you know, you trusted your gut and, and actually it turned out to, to be right. Mm. If I hadn't been through that circumstance where I had allowed myself to make a decision based on what other people were telling me, mm. I don't think I ever would have had that strength in myself yeah. to go, no, I'm not going to do that again. So yeah. actually, in a way, as awful as that situation was for me over that time, I think if I hadn't been through that, my daughter wouldn't be here today. I really don't. Because I, I got so much strength from that scenario because yeah. I was like, never again will I make a decision about my body that's not that's not come from me. Yeah. And how, you know, after that, how were, you know, the first few months after giving birth? Oh, honestly. <laughs> honestly, that's what we like on this podcast. <laughs> I was gutted about the way my birth went, if I'm honest. Oh, really? And I really spent... I like I I was so happy when she arrived and I was so just you know elated at the miracle of life but I'd been on a bit of a journey with my own sort of birth story where I'd you know I was born by a C-section and I remember my mum was like yeah no in our family our hips aren't big enough to give birth so we have to have C-sections and so I remember when I you know when I talked about to the doctors I was like I have to have a C-section and I, that was almost just like what I thought yeah and that was all I knew about birth. And and actually, it was the doctor that was like, you know, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, yeah, like, of course, like, that's that's totally normal, right? And he was like, it, it's actually not. Like, he was like, maybe you should go read some books and come back. <laughs> and thank you to that doctor, because he, I ended up reading Siobhan Miller's The Positive Birth Book. And yeah. Wow. I, I, I got so much from that book because it really was again all about that journey of learning to trust yourself mm. and so I became the flip opposite where I was like I'm gonna have her at home <laughs> I'm gonna be this earth mama yeah and I oh my god I turned I turned a bedroom in my apartment into an absolute zen den I love that zen den of 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 birthing heaven I mean, there was not an incense candle I didn't have. <laughs> I hope I have videos somewhere because you've never seen anything like it. My Amazon box, where I ordered everything that you could possibly order. I just, I went totally overboard. And then when it came down to it, I just didn't know really what I was doing. I had all the gear, no idea. Yeah. Because I hadn't done that internal work to learn to trust myself. So when I really got into birth, like mm. I, I was in, I, I was at home in labor for three days <sighs> and I was so like, I'm going to have this home birth. I'm going to, but when it came to that point where as a woman and you're giving birth and you have to let go, you have to let go. You have to let go of any conceivements of who you think you are, who you think you should be, because you have got to birth a human being. You've got to let rip. Yeah. You know, and, and I got to that stage and I couldn't do it. I couldn't let go. I wanted to hang on. I, I, I didn't want to expose myself in that way, even with uh, a midwife and my partner. I, I, I couldn't let go because I, I didn't even know how to let go mm. because I'd spent my whole life being this perfect person that didn't have a clue how to do that. And so I concentrated so hard on all the things I needed, but I never actually really went, well, what's all the stuff inside of you that's not letting you let go? Yeah. And so I, um, after three days at home and no progression, the midwives was like, look, you need to go in. But I'd almost terrified myself so much about induction that I felt that I didn't, I didn't want to do that. So I almost got in, was like, if I can't have my home birth, just take her out, you know? Yeah. But, and I did that in that moment, but I look back and I'm like, oh, 
what were you doing? <laughs> but it's fine. It was my birth journey. But I, yeah. by the time I gave in, I was so tired. I just didn't want, I didn't care anymore. I was just like, take it out. Like yeah. it was like that. I can't actually watch my birth video without getting really upset because I really? just, yeah. And so I think when I first became a mum, I had this sort of guilt that I'd given up. I felt guilty about giving up. It's so strange that we do that, isn't it? That we Uh, have a, we, you know, we think that we have to birth in a certain way. And if we don't, then we, you know, we haven't done it the right way or the proper way or, because it's actually, it's so different because in different cultures and, you know, in different places, different births are the norm. So like, you know, one of my friends has just had a baby in Singapore I mean, her doctor looked at her like she was completely crazy when she first said that she didn't want to have a C-section and she actually wanted to have um, a vaginal birth. He was like, but why would you do that? Because it's dangerous and you don't know what it's going to be like. This way, we can plan it. Whereas in the UK, if you go in and say you want to have a planned C-section, they look at you like, well, why would you do that? You haven't even given it a go yet. It's so weird. It's so weird. It's so weird. And, and again, it all comes down to learning to listen to ourselves again, kind of the theme yeah. of this. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. I listened to my mum with the C-section. Yeah. Then I read the book. Then I went way too extreme the other way where I didn't really know what I was because it's, it's all good, like, telling a woman to trust herself, but did I really trust myself? How do you do that? It's so much easier said than done, isn't it? If you haven't done before. I know how to do it now. So how have you come to feeling like this now? Because, you you know, you're talking a lot on reflection, you know, now you, you're piecing everything together. Um, how, You know, what was there a time, has there been a pinnacle point recently that has made you, I guess, reevaluate? Yes the last year of my life so I'll skip ahead but I I ended up locked down with Dan and his family for two years Mm. and during that time I just felt like I was completely powerless over the way that I mothered because I was living in a house with so many other people again giving me their opinions meaningfully not in a bad way but I just remember feeling like I just I can't I don't know how to listen to what I'm feeling because I feel like everybody just wants to tell me all the time what they think and I can't hear myself. Yeah. And after two years of that, because, yeah, it just went on too long, I I, I, I left Anne and I, I said, like, I need to go be on my own because I just, mm. I can't, I, I don't know who I am because I'm just, I'm a person that I feel is made up of everyone else's opinions of what I should be. So when we split up, um, we sat down and we said, right, where do we want to live? And and we both had spent majority of our time as a, in a relationship in Spain. Mm. So we agreed we would live in Spain. But I said, you're going to think I'm mad, but I want to go live on Ibiza. And he was like, what do you mean you want to go live on Ibiza? I was like, I just think that I'm... So Ibiza is only two hours by boat from the mainland. And I said, yeah. I, think I need to just get an apartment and on my own... And, and I just need to, st- I just need to be on my own. So we made an agreement that basically I would live in Ibiza. I would have Demi for a week and he would have Demi for a week. And we, over the whole summer, we, that's what we did. Wow. I moved there on my own. And I, and, and when I had this idea, I Googled, I found an apartment. I, I saw the apartment I wanted and I went, that's, that's the one. I didn't even, I'd never even been to the town. I didn't know where it was. Oh my gosh. And I just said, I need to, but I just need to go and be on my own. That experience over summer changed everything for me. It was not easy. No. I finally learned to to be by myself and to learn how to tune into myself. And actually, you know, obviously every month was different. Every month was very, very different. You know, the first month I didn't really go out a lot. I was just at home with Demi, kind of just getting around this idea that I was on my own for the first time in my life, you know, and I was Mm -hmm. on my own emotionally, financially, everything. I was was completely, there was no one to turn to, you know? And so in the, you know, in those weeks, you said you had you'd have like one week with Demi and then one week on your own. How how does how does that feel? Because we, you know we we've spoken about co-parenting on the podcast before and how you know different setups work for different families. And um, I just I guess when I think about it, I think it's almost like switching roles. Like you know, one week you are 
in your mum role and then the next week you're in a different role and so how did that feel like going from like going from one to the other it was really difficult to begin with because of course my head as a mum was just like how on earth can I commit to spending 50% of my time without my child yeah I had no idea how to even comprehend that like it was like the most awful thing to me but at the same time in order for me to live in Ibiza that's what we had to do because we couldn't be traveling every three days and yeah of course and so I, I had to to get my head around that but actually as I started to get used to it I realized that you know I was mum for a week and then I was Amy for a week yeah and actually oh my god it meant that I was so much better mum when she was with me because I did yeah. all the things that I wanted to do for me I did in my week without her and then when she was with me I was just so engrossed in her world and I was so present with her and actually my guilt started to go well Actually, how many parents get to be 100% present with their kids? Yeah, exactly. You know, how many parents get to do that? So I actually really thrived on it because I was, I would, you know, she would come to me, we would go to the beach, we would go to our little favorite cafes, we would go to the park, we would do all the things that we love to do together. Then on my week off, I would be like, I would go to women's circles and I would meditate and I would do yoga and I would go to stand up paddleboard club and I would, I would go on hiking groups and I would meet people and I would have adult conversations. I stopped drinking and I stopped eating meat when I went over there. And I, and I learned so much about like my body, my inner world. Like I learned, I, and, and people are very um, into their kind of inner world and consciousness over there. And, and people are very like, um, Nobody ever made me feel guilty for my circumstance. Do you know what I mean? Everyone always was like, wow, that's really powerful what you're doing on your own, you know? Um, And and actually, for the first time in my life, I didn't feel like a bad mum, even though... I was on my own half the time. I didn't feel like a bad mum because when the only time I felt like a bad mum was when I was in a healthy environment where I didn't feel that I could express myself. And therefore, it was my own internal that was telling me I was a bad mum because because I wasn't feeling good inside myself, I didn't feel like I had a lot to give as a mum because if you don't fill your own cup, yeah, I'm resentful giving and giving from an empty cup. And I think so many, so many of us feel like that. I know that, you know, I'm, I'm, I've tried to not try to be a stay at home mum, but I've been at home with my children like for, I think it was about a year, maybe two years. And honestly, I really didn't enjoy it. I really didn't. Um, and I'm so I'm so much better when I have time away from them. You know, my my daughter's at preschool four days a week. We have someone look after them in the afternoons. My son's at school, obviously, five days a week. And I'm so much better having time away from them because, like you say, like I can do things for myself. I can I can work. I can feel like me, and then I have the time with them as well. And and I don't I don't know why, you know anyone would would think like that it was a bad thing to do something for yourself and because uh, like ultimately what do you want for your children when they're older do you want them to give up everything for for their no of course you don't you want them to be happy and you want them to be themselves so why would we not lead by example for me I think it's a generational thing again because I think my mum's generation and her mum's generation even more so were told to be a good mum, you have to give up everything that you want. Yeah, you have to be completely self- yeah, selfless. You know, when I tell people my story, a lot of people are like, well, you know, how is that possibly good for the child? And I said, because I know when I've, when I fill my own cup with the things that make me feel happy and alive, I show up for her in a completely different way. Exactly. And it, but again, it's really difficult. And I don't blame people that have this view of you must give up everything for your child. No, gosh. And if it makes you feel happy, then that's what makes you happy. Mm. No, there's no right way. There's yeah, no exactly. right way of doing it. And, and, but the only thing you have to do is build resilience to the fact people aren't going to always like your way. Yeah. And I think that's why my situation became so unhealthy because in lockdown, living, like I lived with, um, Dan, his mum and dad, his grandma, granddad, their family lawyer, load of people that work for them. And I was just constantly surrounded by people, all of which had an opinion on the way that I should raise my child. And I was not mm. strong enough in myself to be able to go, that's your no. opinion. This is my opinion. 
And I wasn't strong enough because I, I felt like, I don't know what I'm doing. And you're, you're at your most vulnerable, aren't you? I mean, you've just landed a new role that you've got absolutely no experience in. And I don't resent them for that because at mm. the end of the day, the only reason they were telling me is because they care. Yeah, they're trying to help. Yeah. It's more just like, I look back and think, okay, yes, I was vulnerable as a mum, but, you know, as me, as somebody who's had this successful career, modelling, um, you know, I've had a lot of self-accomplishment in my life before I became a mum. If I feel this broken and so unsure of myself, what the hell are other women going through? Yeah. And I've had so much reassurance in my life of, oh, you're beautiful, you're this, you're that. You know, I really went through, well, if I become that vulnerable and I take on that much of others' opinions and I still don't have that strength, even with everything that I've done in my life, and like anytime I meet a strong woman who's like got her foot in the ground and she's like, this is me, this is how I do things, I'm always just like, yeah. I'm so for that. I'm so for that because it's not easy to find that. Just just before we finish up, we always ask our guests for the best piece of advice they've ever been given as a parent or a piece of advice that they would want to give another parent. I feel like you're going to have some. <laughs> it's the running theme through all of this. Learn, learn to listen to you. Tune out to tune in. You know, take turn your phone off for an hour each day. Meditate. Like if you can, like set an alarm, like to wake up half an hour before your child. So you give yourself half an hour just to really tap in. Like, how am I feeling? How, how, you know, where am I at in my life? Where, Where am I going? And am I happy with how things are? And if I'm not, what can I do to maybe add some little things in to change that and and make that a daily practice? I really, I, I think it really does change your internal world will change everything because when you, when you show up with a good mindset, um, I believe everything else turns out a lot better. I love that. And we actually like to hear what products are um our guests love. So are there any brands that you particularly love for Demi or for yourself? Is there anything that you know you absolutely swear by? Any apps that you use for meditation? Anything like that? Always having a, a good a good a good stroller, of course. A Leclerc stroller is the one I use. It's it folds up, folds in like 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 magic. It's I love that one. Um, I use Insight Timer, um, which is just like a meditation app, but all it does is really, it just gives you a nice little relaxing boing and then, you know, and then it boings again when you've done. So I, I, I use that. I also use, I think it's really healthy as a, like a mum and woman uh, to use like, um, a, like a period tracker. Like I don't take, I use natural cycles and I don't take contraception and I, I highly recommend that because I think. Um, again, going back to that internal work, um, when you start to really understand your own body, it really helps you on those days where you like wake up and you're like, I don't know why, but I'm crazy today. Yeah. There's nothing I can do about it. Yeah. And it's mad because as I've been using natural cycles, I'll go on my app and it'll be like, just so you know, you're going to be more emotional today because you're at this point in your period. And I'm like, oh, thank you. Oh. It's really reassuring. Oh my God, I need to go back to natural cycles. I did actually use it for a little while and then I just stopped using it. But I, yeah, I didn't know that you got all that extra information as well. That's amazing. Mm. Oh my God, I'm, I should probably get my husband to download the app as well. Women are like the moon. We're all always in different stages of our cycle full moon half moon new moon and 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 actually our bodies are made up of 70 percent water and the and the moon controls the tides you know so when everyone's doesn't think that where the earth is isn't connected with how we're feeling i mean it's madness because we know as a fact that we're made up of water and yet we ignore kind of the nature that's going on around us to actually be able to apply it to how we're feeling inside there's so much to know there's so much to understand and yeah I'm just super passionate about learning to understand ourselves better that that feels like my personal mission in life right now I love that thank you so much we could have have literally chatted to you all day thanks Georgia thanks for having me I feel like I want to give her a massive hug so do I when you like put it all out there Mm. all of the things that she's been through in Mm. such a short space of time Mm. It's amazing, you know, that she's still battling on through because uh, even individually, lots of those things are so tricky to navigate. Like, imagine being told that you're going to have a disabled child and that they potentially won't even make it through infancy. Mm. So the likeliness is you're going to have a baby and then they'll die within the first few years of being alive. Can you imagine that? And then being told, oh, no, actually 
no, 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 actually, she's going to be fine. Um, and I mean, I just, I just can't. Wow. I, I mean, I don't know. I actually really don't know what I would do in that situation. We've also, we've actually had that conversation quite a lot, just the two of us, haven't we? About you know, mm. we, we 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 count ourselves very lucky in a way because we never we never faced that. There wasn't that conversation. You know, we had our harmony tests, or I think I waited for the twenty weeks scan for you know everything was fine. I haven't had that that moment where it's like, is it not going to be okay? Is it going to be okay? You know, a friend of mine, she gave birth, and then uh, when she looked down at her little girl she was like my little girl's got down syndrome and they didn't pick it up on the test and then but she'll say it's the best thing that ever happened to her you know so there's all it's such a mind it's such a minefield it is i know and i and i do like i mean amy's got a disabled brother and other people in her family with disabilities so she knows the reality of like what it's actually like and how you know much how difficult it is for a family and i don't know at 26 you know, when I was pregnant with Axel, had they have said to me, you know, you're probably going to lose this child in the first mm. couple of years. I don't know if I would have been able to go ahead with it. I really don't. Um, I don't know now, like, you know, when you get older and you kind of, you, you've met more people and you've spoken to more people about these situations. Thank you to Amy. Um, thank you for coming on. And Georgia, well done to you for, for handling that on your own. Before we say goodbye, we would love to talk about our live event, which is coming up on Thursday, the 8th of December, our big first live podcast taking place in London. Um, we've got tickets still available. We would just, yeah, we really want you guys to be there. We don't want you to miss out on it. We would love for you to come. It's at King's Place, which is near King's Cross. We've got an amazing goodie bag. We have got a really great lineup of guests and we are going to start announcing those over the next couple of weeks. But I really would urge you if you're thinking about coming just book a ticket because I think as soon as we start announcing the guests especially um, they're going to get snapped up and we you know that's it there aren't you know that there is one date at the moment and so if you can't come to that then that's it you're gonna miss out (laughs) yeah 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 exactly so yeah do it round up your mum mates your dad mates whoever your husband anyone bring anyone yeah or come on your own yeah come on your own we're gonna put a group together of people who are coming on their own so if they want to meet for a drink before um then you can but yeah it is going to be a really fun evening Um, and we need to talk about the goodie bags quickly because we are currently pulling together all of our favorite um, beauty uh, wellness kind of uh, makeup brands food going to be in there as well um, so just some some like something lovely for you to take away the goodie bags alone are going to be worth kind of around the sort of 80 pound marks and the tickets are only 25 yeah. so yeah a really good night out for you and some mates in we will put the link up uh, in the show notes but also across our socials as well if you click on made by mamas on our instagram you can get it in the bio there um, and as always please rate review subscribe and give the podcast a little follow yeah and if you've got any suggestions for guests you'd like to hear from or topics you'd like to us to cover in the Friday Q&A then please drop us a message on at Made by Mamas on Instagram and we'll be back on Friday Made by Mamas is an insanity podcast production and today's episode was produced by the lovely Charlotte Mason Insanity Group Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.